Yesterday, we talked about the Xbox Series X and Series S. Today, we're moving on to the PlayStation 5. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. I'm back with veteran video game reviewer and laptop aficionado, Dan Ackerman. Welcome back, Dan. Good to be here again. So yesterday, we talked about the Xbox, but you've also spent a lot of time with the PlayStation 5 as well. What did you think of it? Oh, the PlayStation 5 is visually much more striking, I think, than the Xbox. Uh, it's generated a tremendous amount of buzz because I think Sony and the PlayStation brand just have a little more kind of core gamer cachet these days. Every couple of generations, it, it switches. Uh, but for both the PS4 and now the PS5, I feel like if you're a core gamer, that's really what you're looking at more, whereas the Xbox is more of a multimedia ecosystem where they're very concerned with movies and streaming apps and community and, and, and all kinds of other things in addition to games. Uh, you know, and of course, this is one of the, I think it's one of the boldest consumer tech designs I've seen in a long time. That said, it presents some logistical issues because it's so gigantic and it, it, it's so awkward to place on its side. Yeah, it's definitely meant to be a statement piece for sure. It, it feels like you kind of have to have the right equipment to make sure it matches with the decor of your of your living room or your gaming room or wherever you place your console. Um, but it's it's definitely different um, experience wise, though. Uh, you know, when you start when you turn this thing on, you start playing some of the games. How did it stack up to the PlayStation 4? Was it a huge leap? You know, yesterday you talked about how the Xbox Series X really represented maybe a 10 to 20% improvement in graphics and the experience. What about the PS5? Yeah, the PS5, I was able to check out one of the most anticipated new games that's also coming to PS4, but really is a real selling point for the PS5. And that's the Spider-Man Miles Morales game. Uh, and I originally, when I heard about this, I said, oh, it, it feels more like, you know, like a DLC add-on for that Spider-Man game from a couple years ago. That was very good, but it's, it's an old game already. Uh, but having a chance to actually play it, uh, it really comes off well. And on the PlayStation 5, you know, it looks fantastic. It's much upgraded from that original Spider-Man game, which is also getting a remastered version a little bit later on, I think later in, in November. Um, and you can really see, it, it, much like the Xbox, it does the ray tracing and does a lot of these, you know, upscale, very PC gamer-like effects. Because frankly, both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X and S are built on the same AMD platform, both the GPU and the CPU. Uh, there's not a ton of daylight between them. Uh, technically, I think the PlayStation may be able to do faster throughput from its SSD and the Xbox uh, may be able to do more calculations per second on, on its GPU, but it's really, uh, it's really apples to slightly different apples because developers are making you know the game for both so they're gonna you know they're, they're, they're gonna fine-tune it to work across both platforms but miles morales was really uh, you know a fantastic visual experience and it's interesting it gives you an option much like a couple of games on the playstation pro you can choose between a higher resolution version uh with uh, with better uh, graphical fidelity or you can choose a higher frame rate version now, all, all these consoles talk about doing 120 hertz or 120 frames per second. Your TV probably doesn't support that. And none of these early games I'm checking out uh, support that. So I could choose with Miles Morales between, I, I could choose between doing native 4K output with the ray tracing turned on and locked to 30 frames per second. Or I could choose between uh, uh, to turn the ray tracing off, get 60 frames per second and in unspecified but lower resolution that would be upscaled to 4K. Uh, you know, I tried them both. 
you know, one's a little smoother because it's a higher frame rate. Uh, but then I went back to the, uh, you know, higher visual quality uh, setting because I wanted to see all the cool reflections and stuff. Gotcha. And and ultimately, did you did you have a preference for which version you liked? Of, of Miles Morales? Well, the, the uh, which version you would, in terms of the settings would the, the, the higher, the higher frame rate or the higher resolution, like which one for you was more the, more the quintessential PS5 experience? You know, the PS5 quintessential experience, I think is, is all that visual uh, extra flair. So I went with the lower frame rate and the higher resolution and the ray tracing and everything. And that's the default that is suggested by the game. Once we get a little bit further down the line, I think you'll be able to get everything in one package. You'll be able to do 4K and 60 frames per second or more and ray tracing, but we're not quite there yet, especially because again, this is a kind of cross-generation game that's gonna be on PS4 and PS5. So it's gotta be built with a little bit of a lowest common denominator in mind. And I know that there's a discless version of the PS5 that's a little bit cheaper. Have you had a chance to try that out yet? Is that available? I have the version with the optical drive, but I would personally suggest looking for the version without the optical drive. Although I've heard there are in shorter supply uh, during the pre-order phase, people were able to find the disc version more easily than the non-disc version. I, I think that, first of all, physical media is is largely dead outside of game consoles. Not many people have standalone Blu-ray players anymore. You'd be very hard-pressed to find a laptop that comes with an optical drive anymore. Um, you know, it's great if you're buying and selling used games or trading games with your friends, uh, but you're still locked into having this physical disc, even when the game consoles these days just just suck up all the data onto the hard drive. They really only use the physical disc as a uh, kind of authenticator. Uh, if you get rid of the optical drive on the PS5, you save a hundred bucks. And frankly, the optical drive is one of those moving part mechanical items that's the most likely to break down. In the older generation of consoles, they had spinning platter hard drives and they had spinning optical drives. And that's where 99% of the trouble anybody had with the, you know, these would come from. So I'm all in favor of getting rid of any moving parts possible. So both of all these new consoles are, are solid state storage, uh, which is great. And, uh, you know, if you don't need the optical drive and you can find the cheaper version, I say go for it. If you like to collect old discs and buy used games and stuff, totally get that. That's not me. Um, it's funny. My original PlayStation 4, which was a launch day PS4 from 2013, uh, survived all this time, seven-ish years, and it only finally started getting wonky over the last couple of months. Still works. But the, the optical drive started getting weird. It started beeping and like looking for a phantom disc or trying to eject a disc that wasn't there. It's like it knew. It knew its time was up and it was finally time for that optical drive to start fritzing out. <laughs> well, that, and that's a good question in terms of backwards compatibility. We talked about the Xbox having you know, an impressive level of backwards compatibility. What, what's it like on the PS5? So far, very similar on the PS5. Uh, they don't go quite as far back in terms of promising generation after generation, but I downloaded a whole bunch of relatively recent games uh, and was able to jump back into them. Uh, some of them took a couple of passes to be able to get my old saves going, but I got, you know, Ghost of Tushima in there and uh, the new Avengers game and God of War and Uncharted 4. You know, anything I've been playing with in the last year or so, I was able to re-download. Uh, but with the weird way that Sony and the PlayStation handles cloud saves, I had to dig around a little bit to find my saves and manually download them. And it's a bit of a pain compared to how Microsoft does it with the Xbox, which has a lot more, a lot more continuity. You know, beyond the, the graphics pickup, was there anything else 
you know, surprising or any other features that, you know, our listeners should, should know about with the PS5? You know, last yesterday you talked about um, the, the kind of cloud safe capabilities that Microsoft has. Is there anything similar or some other kind of surprise feature that the PlayStation 5 boasts? The big surprise for me of the PlayStation 5 is how amazing this new controller is. It's a really radical reimagining. The old one was called the Dual Shock. This one's called the Dual Sense. Uh, unlike the Xbox controller, which changes very, very little generation to generation, this looks and feels completely different, very space age. Uh, the haptics inside and the rumble uh, is so much more advanced. It can do all this uh, variable resistance on the triggers, like in uh, this Astro's Playroom game that comes as a preloaded game, like an old pack-in game. It's really a great demo for the controller. You have to squeeze the trigger uh, and it pushes back at you while you're doing it in order to like smash little glass things in your hand. And it, and it feels amazingly like you're actually doing it. Uh, and and the uh, it's got a microphone built in. So if you, you know, plan on doing some Twitch streaming or anything, you don't have to worry about external mic. You just hit the microphone button on the controller. That makes a lot of sense to me. Um, and the handful of other people I've talked to who also have early PS5, they have all been similarly impressed with the controller uh, and what a big step up it is. Oh, great. Well, that, yeah, that controller is definitely something I'm keen to check out. You know, now that you've had proper time with with both of these consoles um you know what would you say to folks who are on the fence at this point as to which one they would get what what is sort of the calculus that you need to do in your head to figure out should i get an xbox or should i get a ps5 the two big questions are are you especially interested in any of the exclusive games for either console if you love halo then obviously you're going with an Xbox, although the Halo game was delayed already. Uh, if you like Spider-Man and and Horizon Zero Dawn and the Final Fantasy remake uh, and you know Sackboy uh, and and things like that, the Demon Souls remake, uh, then you're going to go PlayStation. It's those handful of exclusives that really make the difference because otherwise they're frankly very similar machines. Again, built on nearly identical uh, tech platforms. Now that said. Similar to the last generation, the PS4, Xbox One generation, and this generation, I feel they both follow the same general through line in that the PlayStation is more of the pure gaming machine. They really put that front and center, uh, and that's what the audience are most interested in. Whereas the Xbox, because it's from Microsoft, it's really a Trojan horse for getting that you know living room PC concept into your home. And it's much more concerned with community and sharing and shopping and you know streaming and, and all these other things besides just games. In a way, that's a very Microsoft way of looking at things. All right. Well, and ultimately, you know, this is obviously for folks who are getting the this console on day one. You know, they're they're gamers who they want to be first, and I get that. Uh, for everyone else who's looking, like, what would you suggest to them uh, in terms of timing? Do they do they try to buy this holiday season to to give to their friends and family for the holidays, or is this really more of a 2021 purchase? If you didn't get a pre-order, it may be a little tough to find at least through November and December, but I wouldn't worry about it too much because again, a lot of the big games are getting delayed. Um, you know, the really fancy stuff is gonna take until at least next holiday season to get really games that really blow your mind. Uh, so I wouldn't have any FOMO about missing out. That said, it's always cool to be the first guy on the block with something you know cool and new like this. And thinking about the prices, you know, $500 is a lot of money to spend. I get it. But Microsoft and Sony, to their credit, they ask for $500 every seven years or so. And to me, that's a, that, that's a better deal than certain other tech companies that want you to buy a $1,000 barely different phone every 12 to 24 months. 
that is a, a fair point. I didn't think about it that way, but uh, yeah, if, if you think about it, once every generation, 500 bucks, not too bad. Well, thanks for your time, Dan. You can check out all of our gaming coverage on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or send me a text message by signing up at 646-461-4291. Also, please subscribe and rate the show. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>